Welcome to Local SEO Today. On this podcast, John Vong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover challenges and successes in business ownership. Our goal is to provide you with insights into the entrepreneurship journey and give you tips and advice from real experience. Brought to you by Local SEO Search based in Toronto, Canada. Thank you for listening to Local SEO today. today. Please subscribe and share this episode. My guest today is Cameron Harold. He is a top business consultant, author, and speaker. After a career helping companies grow, Cameron founded the COO Alliance, the only network for the second in command. Thanks for joining me, Cameron. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard. I, I usually am not good with scripts, but usually I, hate, I have a little script. <laughs> I hate I hate scripts too. I can give a, a bit of a bio for myself if that's helpful, but I hate scripts too. Yeah, so maybe share with the audience member a little bit about yourself, who you are, a little bit of backstory. Uh, what do people know you by mainly? Sure. Yeah, I, I grew up in Northern Ontario in Canada in a place called Sudbury, and I was groomed to be an entrepreneur. My father and our grandparents groomed the three of our kids to be entrepreneurs. So my brother, my sister, and myself have all run our own companies for between 20 and 25 years. Um, I ran my first real business at 21. I had 12 full-time employees and have never really stopped. Um, I built three companies. And while I built those three companies, my best friend was watching me build two of them. Um, and he was starting a company called, at the time, called The Rubbish Boys. And I met Brian, who um, we changed the name over to 1-800-GOT-JUNK, and I came on as his second in command. I was the 14th employee in the company. When I left six and a half years later, we had 3,100 employees system-wide, and I'd been the chief operating officer for that growth from $2 million to $106 million. Left there 14 years ago and started coaching real companies globally, um, typically 50 to 500 employees are the companies that I work with. And I've coached companies now in 26 countries on six continents. I've done paid speaking events in 28 countries. I have uh, written five books that are all on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. And four years ago, I started an organization called the COO Alliance, which is the only network of its kind in the world for the second in command. No entrepreneurs are allowed to join. And I also have a podcast called the second in command podcast where we only interview COOs. We don't interview the entrepreneur. That's amazing, man. I, I mean, just that alone, give me so much to talk about because uh-huh. I have so many questions along the line and sure. um, I'm going to try to extract as much as I can and give some value to all the listeners today. So sure. I, I know you mentioned your, your parents groom you to be entrepreneurs. Yeah, were they entrepreneurs? What kind of industry were they in? What kind of businesses? Yeah. So both of my grandfathers were entrepreneurs. My one grandparent, grandfather and grandmother, they owned a hunting and fishing resort about two and a half hours north of Toronto. And then my other grandfather was the CEO of a pharmaceutical company. And he built out a big pharmaceutical company across Canada. Um, so they just were very entrepreneurial. And we that, that was the family lessons that their kids grew up with. So my father became an entrepreneur and at about 25, my dad owned his own business. So I grew up watching a father who, um, who operated the company. It's all I ever really knew. And at a very young age, my father encouraged us to try these little entrepreneurial ventures. So my first entrepreneurial venture, I was seven years old. It's actually now chronicled in a talk that's on the main TED website. If you go to ted.com and look up my name, you'll see a talk that I did about raising entrepreneurial kids and just teaching kids to become entrepreneurs. So 
my father groomed us with these entrepreneurial traits. And, um, and, and we really, he never got into the business with us. He just encouraged us. And then he would ask us what we learned and he would encourage us and he would ask us what we learned. It's one of my big pet peeves today. When I see a mom or a dad standing out at the end of their driveway with the kid running the lemonade stand, I mean, the, the parents should be sitting in the house and let the kid run the business. If you want to run your own lemonade stand, run your own. Um, yeah. So that was just kind of groomed that way. That's amazing. So um, how, I know you have children yourself. Hmm. How has the upbringing been to kind of push them to the entrepreneurial kind of mindset? Yeah. So some is just getting them to solve their own problems, um, encouraging them to be able to speak in front of an audience, encouraging them to problem solve, encouraging them to spot opportunities and, and hustle with those opportunities. So they're doing a lot of flipping. My one son goes to thrift stores and buys stuff and then turns around in the afternoon and sells it on Facebook marketplace and Craigslist for a profit. Um, you know, they're learning how to negotiate. They're learning how to market their things. Um, one of them was doing a lot of the, uh, the hustle in, in buying shoes and then wearing them for three months and selling them for more than he paid for them. Um, so they're doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's great to hear this because that's what real life is all about, right? The hustle, the grind, the real spotting opportunities, buying low, selling high, negotiating. Like yeah. I learned a lot of this in sales, right? And yeah, I was sure. fortunate to be in a really top-notch sales environment at Yellow Pages, seven-week training with yeah. 2,000 sales reps across Canada. You were hardcore. We were base, like ground-level, door-knocking, telemarketing. You learn from grassroots, you know, real sales skills tactics. Yeah. Um, so I feel that gave me a breath of fresh air when I started this company eight years ago. Without yeah. that, I, I don't think I would be able to. I think, I think more entrepreneurs or people who are trying to be entrepreneurial should do sales for six months to a year, because if they're not good at sales, they'll never be good as an entrepreneur. You really, you're, you're selling your customers, you're selling your suppliers, you're selling your employees, you're selling yourself, you're, you're getting the media to write about you. Like if you can't sell, you're dead in the water. Exactly. So growing up, I know your parents kind of pushed you to become entrepreneurs. Did you study business finance? Did you take on jobs and roles before you kind of started your own at 21 uh, or 25? You're the only one who's ever asked me if I studied business finance. I struggle with numbers. I have a form of dyslexia called dyscalculia and, and all of my numbers flip around on me. So I really struggled with finance side of the business. And no, I actually hired a student to do all my accounting assignments for me in second year university and I paid him in beer but that same course that I cheated in, I'm actually written up in their textbook now. And I told the writer of the textbook that I cheated and she thought it was hilarious. Um, no, I, I, I know how to hire a good accountant. I know how to hire good finance people. I know how to ask them the questions and get them to give me the data points that I want. But I really am not good at the finance side. What I also didn't study business in school. I, I got involved in a group called College Pro Painters. And I ran a franchise for College Pro for three years. And then I worked for the head office of College Pro coaching franchisees. I started coaching entrepreneurs 31 years ago in 1989. So I, I, that was really where I groomed, was groomed as an entrepreneur was at College Pro Painters. And do you, while looking back, do you feel like your parents were the biggest mentors in your life? Like biggest advocates, the ones that really push you to pursue your dreams and passions? 
Yeah, my parents for sure. I was very fortunate that I had parents who were um, were keen and driven and and tenacious and entrepreneurial, and they encouraged me to do that. Um, and I got a lot of encouragement. I wouldn't say that I got a lot. Well, I got a lot of praise along the way too. Um, but no, I would say the biggest mentor that I had was College Pro Painters would have been my big mentors. And then joining a lot of masterminds. I've gone to the main TED conference, the main, the five-day one for, for nine years. I've been in Strategic Coach for seven years. I was in the Genius Network for six years. I've gone to Baby Bathwater three times, Mastermind Talks five times, War Room. So I'm, I'm deep into these mastermind communities where I try to not be the smartest person in the room and just, just sponge off of all these other smart people. So I, my dad told me when I was young that my R&D should stand for rip off and duplicate. So I try to take the best ideas from the smartest people and run with them. But that's how successful business owners operate, right? Hire people smarter than you and you know, let them be the expert, own up to it, become true leaders by letting them you know, figure it out, right? Yeah, and, and if, if I don't hire them, then there's no reason, like I can still learn from them, they're out there. And most of us want to help other people. We're kind of hardwired as humans to help people. So I think I've always been um, kind of that kind of person too, that, I, that I, I will look for others instead of trying to figure it out for myself. Uh, so on that note on masterminds, um, was there one specific one or is there a particular one that you would recommend for entrepreneurs to gravitate and try out, or is there one based on where they're at in their business? How, what yeah, gaps very, they have? Well, they're very different. So every mastermind community has a different focus. So as an example, strategic coach, you're very much working on your business and on the systems. Genius Network is very much about connections and community and business development and, and digital marketing. War Room is, is hardcore digital marketing with companies that are typically a little bit bigger. You know, Baby Bathwater, there's a lot of stuff on communities. So it, it really depends. Um, you know, TED is, is just very, very, very high level networking, you know, at the highest level where you're meeting with, you know, Sergey Brin and Steve Jurvetson and really solid, solid C-level um, execs, which is powerful. So I, I think there's some there's value in all of them. The one thing that I will mention that I think is interesting, I, I've just launched a course called Invest in Your Leaders. And my whole reason for launching the course was I think most entrepreneurs are good at growing their skills, but we often miss the opportunity to grow our leaders' skills. And the more that we grow and invest in the skill set of our managers and leaders, the more they'll grow our company. And it's almost like, like all of our managers are climbing up two ladders. You know, and one ladder is the skills ladder and they've got one hand and one foot on the skills ladder. And then the other one is the, the confidence ladder. And if, if the confidence ladder is shaking, they won't get any more skills. So we have to build their confidence and build their skills. And I, I just seen so many entrepreneurs work on themselves, but they miss the opportunity to really invest in their leaders as well. So that was the reason for me launching that course. That's amazing. We can talk more about that as well. Yeah. Um, regarding that course, so how long has it, been since you started and is it available it's it's launching march 1st so by the time that this episode is live it will be launching so i haven't actually talked about it publicly you're the first time i've talked about it publicly we're in beta right now the i run an organization called the coo alliance and i've only rolled it out to about a fifth of my members in that this week as in beta we rolled it out two days ago getting huge response and then i'll be rolling it out to the rest of my my members um next monday um, but yeah, it's, it'll be available March 1st. It contains all of the soft skills that every leader needs to grow. 
So it has skills on situational leadership, coaching, delegation, time management, conflict management, project management, one-on-one -on -one meetings, interviewing, like all of the skills that managers and leaders really need and no one's ever trained them in. And um, it's done as a, a kind of a learn as you go. There's videos and written content and pre and post tests. And it's all of the skills that I use to grow 1-800-GOT-JUNKS leadership teams and also at College Pro Painters as well. And then also the skills that I've probably been coaching, you know, CEOs and their teams with globally for 14 years. And that's amazing. So uh, growing up, did you dream of doing what you're doing now? No, I didn't. I didn't ever think that I would be, um, I didn't understand what communities were growing up. I knew I would be an entrepreneur. I, there was no doubt that I would be an entrepreneur. Um, I never, I never liked working for other people. And even when I was, I was trying to run their business for them. Um, but I didn't think I would be doing, I certainly didn't think I would be an author. I, I had no desire to write a book and I have now written five books and I have two more that I'm working on the content for. So I think what's happened is my core purpose was so clear. Simon Sinek, who popularized the idea of the core purpose, Simon was on our board at 1-800-GOT-JUNK five years before he did his TED talk. So I had a lot of time to understand this whole start with why and core purpose. And my core purpose has always been to help entrepreneurs make their dreams happen. So my books help them. My coaching helps them. My second command podcast helps them. My invest in your leaders course helps them. Everything I do is consistent with that core purpose. So I, yeah, I don't think I knew what I would be doing, but I certainly knew I would be an entrepreneur. That's amazing. Um, after doing so many different things in your mm -hmm. life, um, do you find that that core purpose is still there or has it kind of changed and evolved into something bigger? No, it's, it's always been there. And in fact, Simon actually helped me figure out my core purpose probably 2007, right after I left 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And we were talking about why did I love growing 1-800-GOT-JUNK? And it was, it was helping Brian and it was helping all the franchisees. And then why did I love College Pro Painters? It was helping the franchisees. And, you know, Kimball Musk worked for me back in 1993. And so did his brother uh, or cousin, Peter Reeve, who built Solar City. So I, I've always, so, and then um, even when Boyd Auto Body helping Terry build his business, it's always to help these entrepreneurs. So it's, it's gone back until, if I went back to when it started, uh, even in my first job, I was 13 and I was helping the, the professional, the pro who ran the golf shop and the guy who ran the restaurant I really wanted to help them make their businesses successful. So it's always been there hardwired since I was very, very young. And then even some of my first little, you know, weekend jobs working for my dad, I was helping him, you know? So I think I've been hardwired to just do that from the very beginning. Um, so on a side note, so how does your typical day look like um, today versus 10, 15 years ago when you were at these other organizations? I definitely delegate more and I look for opportunities to get, I think of, of every project like a satellite. If I get that satellite in orbit, it just stays there. So I try to get things that are done and up and running and that momentum creates momentum. So I always think about what things can we do that will be up and running and create momentum and how do I delegate more and outsource more and how can we start leveraging AI? So I, I'm probably doing less and and delegating and and growing people more um, i see so strategically um yeah 
trying to elevate your game, yeah. like amplify you, more. Well, and I used to be very, that kind of radical self-reliant that I could do it. So because I could do so many things, I just did them. Whereas now what I'm realizing is it needs to get done, but not by me. So the more that I can think of things and delegate, and if I get those projects up and running, so it's more of that that I'm doing now. So I do a lot of coaching my team and growing their skills and growing their confidence, cheering them on and giving them more to do. Amazing. Um, is there challenges that you faced? Um, and I'm sure over the years, there's been a lot of you know, ups and downs. Can you think of some of the major pillar, major challenges that you had to overcome uh, or problems that you had to face and um, give us some solutions that you kind of yeah, like, like do you want major major challenges running my current business or running one eight hundred got junk or what kinds of challenges? Both, um, whatever. Like because there's hurdles, right? Yeah. And yeah. As an entrepreneur, I'm sure every day there's decisive decisions every single day, okay. and you know, yeah. can you think of things that can really help the listeners to kind of go through? Like, what did you do to overcome it? Could you have done things differently and you know, the solution. Sure. I, I think of uh, the hurdles, the natural hurdles that come into business with their, their ones and threes that every one and at every three is another hurdle. So when you, when you start the business, it's just you, you have one person. When you got three, you can kind of divide and conquer. When you have 10, you probably have your first manager. When you have 30, you've probably got your first management team. When you have a hundred, you have a leadership team and you've got company politics creeping in. When you've got 300, You've got matrix decision making and complexity with the finance. When you have a thousand, you know you've got boards and oh, and then even on the revenue side of the business, right? When you have um, you know a hundred thousand to three hundred thousand to a million to three million to do that kind of thing, you have the the natural hurdles. So you have things to deal with like cash flow and things to deal with like risk mitigation. And um, so I think as a leader, we just have to continue to grow. And, and I just then try to anticipate those hurdles as much as I can. I see. And your sweet spot, like you mentioned, is between 50 to 500 employees? Yeah, 50 to 500 is really my sweet spot now. Um, certainly to guide them, not necessarily to be in there running them. So I've coached the CEO of Sprint. I coached the second in command at Sprint. That was way outside of my sandbox, but I coached the second in command at Sprint for 18 months. Um, I've coached some good sized technology companies, but I think the sweet spot is usually, it's usually in that 50 to 500 where they don't yet have the really seasoned leadership team that has already done it two or three times. So I'm helping them form the team and, and grow the team and align the team, et cetera. Gotcha. Um, I know we talked about like that why purpose thing, right? So what really drives you as Cameron? Like, motivates you to get up every single day to want to help these entrepreneurs? Um, I just feel like most entrepreneurs are like a fly and they're banging their head on the window and, and they're going to try really, really hard, but there's an easier path. And if they just turn and go out the door that's right beside them, it's just, it's so, so I see the shortcuts and I don't want people to have to work and spin their wheels when they don't have to, you know, I've, I've seen, how when you do it smart and when you leverage and when you build a great culture that everything is easier. And then I've seen entrepreneurs doing the exact same business, probably my lessons from college pro painters where 
for some it was so simple and for others it was so complicated and it was the same job but they overcomplicated things and and if they would just follow the systems it was simple yeah and i think when you're in it it's so hard to see what is potentially available to you right and there's yeah. gaps and opportunities and that's what i found like last so i've been doing this agency world for eight years and just the last couple of years i've been stepping back instead of being in the trenches i've been now looking at it as a business right and understanding what i need and so i i self-reflect i always ask right i always trying to figure out like what are productivity skill sets what are efficiency you know things that we yeah. can get better at well and what's interesting is a lot of entrepreneurs don't know what those answers are so as long as they know where they're going then we can help them reverse engineer that goal and figure out how to get there but a lot of entrepreneurs don't know the hacks they don't know the systems to look for they don't they're not even aware of what could exist already to know that it exists you know i was speaking with my sister the other day she's got a 78 person company based in Toronto, solid entrepreneur, built it for 25 years. Um, and I was talking about some marketing stuff. She's like, fuck, I haven't even heard of these things. So she doesn't even understand that some of those marketing, um, not, not even tactics, they're more, they're, they're, they're pretty easy to implement tools. She wasn't even aware they existed. So it, it's sometimes hard for entrepreneurs to see that. And I don't want them to have to learn from failure if they can learn from other people's failures. There's no reason for someone to have to fail forward if they can avoid failure in the first place. And do you find a lot of entrepreneurs are willing to seek help or even understand there's a gap or an opportunity? Like that's the biggest challenge, yep. right? To have them acknowledge it themselves. Well, usually, and you, you just said it, which is usually they have to create their own gap. Yeah. They have to trip and fail once until they, and then they'll say, okay, teach me. It's like the child who wants to go ride their bicycle by themselves. And then they fall over for the first time. And then they turn to their mom or dad and they say, teach me. But they had to fall first. And most entrepreneurs need to fail or screw something up. Like I just had a call today with a, a company in Germany, 31 million in revenue. Um, two, million, two years ago, they were 20 million in revenue with a $5 million EBITDA. This year they're 30 million in revenue and they lost money. I'm like, what? How do you possibly lose money when you made five million two years ago? But they made all the classic mistakes. So when I walked them through everything, he realized how many mistakes were, were avoidable. And now he's like, coach me. So he's signing up for me to coach him for the year. It'll be really easy for me to help turn them around because his proof of concept is good. His team is good. His product is good. But he doesn't understand how to run a, he's now got 35 employees. He doesn't understand how to run that company. Yeah. And a lot of people are like over you know, stretched, right? So they're spinning wheels, they're over spending too much time on the wrong things and they don't even acknowledge it because they're so in it, in the trenches, yeah. I would say. And they're because they're very much in that trench and in that kind of day-to-day, -day, they don't see the forest for the trees, right? They don't see the easier potential path that they could be taking, it's too bad. Yeah, um, and I love that you have a lot of experience and that's what supersedes everything, right? Like a lot of people, are book smart. They say they're experts, but they don't have real life, you know, case studies or a good reputation or whatever it may be. So I love the fact that you've done it. You have a proof of concept. You have a good, you know, social 
proof, right? A lot of social proof. Yeah, what's interesting for me is that because I, I coach so many companies, but I don't even know their business or their industry, that I've really learned the art and the science of building a great company, regardless of what the product or service is. And I think that's starting to become very powerful as well. There's lots of industry experts that maybe have industry IP. That's not what I do. I have the, the IP of how to build a great company and how to build a great company culture and, and how to grow your leaders and grow really strong. When you grow a really strong management team, they'll grow your company for you. That's where my strength lies. And I think I've been very fortunate to stay focused on that. That's amazing. So just a couple other questions, Cameron. So aside from business, what are some of the other things that you're really passionate about? Like what molds you? Um, I know you have children, you spend time with that. What else do you do? Yeah, I love, love my kids. I mean, my kids are 19 and 17 and we're doing a lot of fun stuff together. We're heading off on a ski trip again in a couple of weeks. Um, I spend a lot of time traveling. I mean, before COVID, I went to 14 countries in 2019. And even during COVID, I've been to three, four countries. Um, so I love travel, love cooking. I like to golf, play tennis, hike, um, that kind of stuff. I got my hip replaced uh, 11 months ago. So I have been not able to do any of my running anymore, but I'm still doing a lot of hiking and golfing and skiing, which is great. That's amazing. I mean, Living out west, I know you spend a lot of time outdoors, and um, I've kind of missed it. Like it's it's harder when you're kind of restricted to a lot of things and activities, but hopefully things open up again. Um, and for me, I know you're big as giving, right? Like it seems like your purpose is really to help entrepreneurs, right? You give, and you want to help them elevate as long as they're a good fit, right? They they have to be in. The right, right mindset and they have to have a really good vision real good value prop and understanding like it's not all about them right it's not all about money it's not about there has to be a big, bigger purpose yeah so how sure. do you align that with the type of clients that you deal with so i say no as often as i say yes to potential coaching clients um my criteria is they have to be young fun entrepreneurial high viral high growth pre-public young meaning young at heart not young of age um, but young fun, like I just, I don't want to work in a boring blue collar manufacturing. Ugh. They've got to, they've got to be a, a leader or a team that are, are going to have a good time and build something. I love viral growth. I'm very good at fast growth. Um, so even, you know, at one got junk, we grew six consecutive years of 100% revenue growth. You know, at college pro painters, we had to hire 8,800 people every year. And we had to do it in four months every single year. There's not a lot of companies out there that have hired 8,800 people a year. So I'm very, very good at fast growth. I'm very good at putting the systems in place. I just look for the companies that, that I can, can do that with. That's amazing. And then just finding people that resonate with you, I'm sure. In yeah, a lot of that happens because I've become more of a public figure. You know, I've, I've been paid to do speaking events in 28 countries. So people hire me to speak now and I've been doing speaking events over Zoom and, and video for years, probably eight years over video. Um, so a lot of, I get a lot of connections into groups and industry conferences and that kind of thing. And even to entrepreneurial companies, they'll, they'll hire me to speak to their teams. And that's a good way for me to, to get to find the right clients, but also know the clients that I, I fit with as well. And then even from some of the masterminds that I'm involved with, I get a lot of clients from that without going there to try to find clients. That's amazing. And that's the best thing, right? People see you out as an industry leader, right? Right. 
Yeah. Um, so last couple questions, sorry, Cameron. I uh, wanted to ask you, what does success mean to you? And, you know, how do you put that into reality? Like, it could be wealth, it could be anything, friendship, relationship, experience. What does success mean? I think a success for is, is being able to use your skills and your talents and your passion to drive towards some goals so that you're able to do something that fulfills you and drives you, but it's not for the money. It's, it's the pursuit of excellence or the pursuit of building or the pursuit of something fun. I mean, that's success. Cause I get to, I have found the stuff that I love and the stuff that I'm good at. And I, and I'm focusing on doing more of that. And that's where the money comes from. You know, the money for me has always come pretty easy, right? Because I focused on the stuff that fulfills me and, worked with companies that fill me. In fact, I had a, a coaching client, one of my very first coaching clients 14 years ago called Nurse Next Door. I taught them how to franchise and taught them how to get PR and how to build their culture. The CEO at Nurse Next Door gave me shit one night because I was talking about how much money I was getting paid. And he said, stop talking about money and the money will follow you. But the more you talk about money, the less it'll be there. And for me, that's become very, very true. Everything I've done has just gotten easier and faster and bigger. Um, by yes. focusing on by focusing on my customers exactly and giving value right providing like and listening what do they really want just answer yeah. the problems and be there when they're ready right? i learned i learned that from my dad my dad was one of my my dad's first lessons to me as an entrepreneur was ask your clients what they want to buy and sell it to them simple okay it's not rocket science supply right. demand that's simply that's economics right 101 yeah. so people overcomplicate things they yeah, spend think too they much time and they don't really get to the nitty gritty of what are they trying to provide products, say, you know, service, whatever it may be. Yeah. It gets so much simpler, right? Exactly. Uh, last question. Wanted mm -hmm. to ask next five, 10 year horizon. What's in, in line for you? What's in line for me next five to 10 years? Well, one is I'm beginning to make plans to start living globally. So a bit of the global nomad lifestyle where I'll be, um, I'll be in North America one month every quarter, and I'll be living mostly in Europe and Latin America, South America, uh, two months out of every quarter. Um, so that's the first one. Second one is really growing my COO Alliance, uh, this network for second commands where we've got members now from nine countries and uh, really kind of, you, you need 5 million in revenue. So it's good sized companies that are joining with putting their COO in. And then my course, the Invest in Your Leaders course, I think there's a really big, big opportunity for companies to grow their managers and leaders. And the content that I'm teaching has never been pulled together in an easy to digestible way for them to learn. That's amazing. Yeah. I love your vision. I love your goals. I love, you know, success, right? And you, you've uh, harvested a lot of that. So where can some of the listeners get a hold of you, your business, or reach out to you directly? Yeah, my, my main website is CameronHerald.com. And then there's also the COOalliance.com. They can uh, get a lot of my good content from any of my five books that are on Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. And then the Second in Command podcast, for sure, they should check out uh, where we only interview COOs. And then the course, as I mentioned, the Invest in Your Leaders course. Amazing. Well, thanks a lot for your time, Cameron. I really appreciate it. I know you shared some great, valuable insight about your journey, about your successes, and you know some of the things that a lot of entrepreneurs would love to hear more of, of course. And definitely they can reach out to you. So the show notes will be there, they can reach out to you. Is there any final notes that you would like to add? 
No, I don't think so. I just wanted to be able to share with them and, and hopefully to inspire them as well. So I think that's been helpful. I really appreciate it. Send me the link when this goes live so I can share it as well. Okay, awesome. Thanks a lot, Cameron. You're welcome. Thanks, John. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Please subscribe to Local SEO Today and tune in to our next episode.